and welcome to Book 101. Book 101 is all about the books that are read for the last 40 years. And today I have my special guest. He is a novelist, screenwriter, actor, and stand-up comedian, no other than Mr. Lynn. Thank you, Daniel. It's a pleasure to be on your show, and uh, I'm really looking forward to kind of spending the next little while chatting with you about uh, stand-up comedy, writing, my my new book, uh, anything you want to know. <laughs> I'm here for you. <laughs> Congratulations for new book, Mr. JP, and can you please introduce yourself? Sure, sure. So, um, uh, to your audience, uh, my name is J.P. Lindy. I, uh, I have been a stand-up comedian. I'm a screenwriter and a novelist. Um, some of you in the Canadian audience might remember me from uh, some of the tours I used to do through Yuck Yucks up in Vancouver, Calgary, Alberta, Edmonton, uh, uh, Saskatoon, and Winnipeg. Um, I also traveled all throughout the United States in colleges and clubs. Uh, for about 25 years and uh, made my television debut on Showtime's Comedy Club Network. Um, I've been a screenwriter with several uh, uh, scripts to my credit, several options. Um, I also uh, co-wrote and co-produced the horror film Axe to Grind, which is currently available on Amazon Prime. Um, And I've been screenwriting for probably another the same 20 years. I've always been doing that. And then recently I turned to writing novels. So Fool's Gold is my latest novel. Very excited about it. I think it's uh, uh, definitely the best so far. And uh, that's a little bit about me. Oh, interesting journey, uh, Mr. JP. So what age did you realize that you're good in writing? You know, I've always been a writer and um, even as a kid. And uh, when I was in grade school, um, I used to write little plays that were done in my uh, fifth and sixth grade classes. Um, So I kind of started there, wrote a little bit in high school. I don't know if in your high school up in Canada, if they do senior plays, but I also did the senior play. And then um, I wrote a couple plays in college and got in the who's who college playwrights. And then from there, um, I just always kind of was interested in, uh, um, writing. So, um, you know, I've tried back, back in the day, you know, when I first started doing stand-up comedy, I, I started writing, um, a couple of novels. They didn't work out, but, uh, um, it was, you know, I, I learned a lot from the process and, uh, um, I just kept doing it, uh, tried another one in the nineties. Uh, wasn't really happy with the way that one turned out. And then, uh, Finally, like in the year 2000, I wrote The Holographic Detective Agency. That one was published. Um, And then uh, Son of Ravage was uh, published about five or six years after that. And now um, Fool's Gold. Oh, sounds interesting, Mr. JP. So what are your uh, favorite authors that influence you the most? Wow. Uh, great question. That, you know, there's so many, and um, I'm kind of open to everybody. 
Um, I think uh, Mark Twain is probably the biggest influence to me. Um, I, I think he's kind of, uh, I think Hemingway was right that all modern uh, American writing starts with him. Um, so he's a huge, huge influence. But I read, you know, I read everything. So I, I can't really kind of narrow down. I'm a, I'm a big John Steinbeck fan. Uh, I think Grapes of Wrath is 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 um, one of my favorite novels. Um, I like Vonnegut. Um, I was really into science fiction in my college days. And uh, it's kind of a matter of fact, I was a big fan of, of pulp writing. It, back in the 30s, there was a form of writing. It was mostly for magazines, but it was called pulp. And there were these magazines called Amazing Stories and uh, Strange Science and uh, all sorts of ones. And, and the, the writers were paid a penny a word and they wrote very, very fast, but they were also very, very creative. And one of those writers uh, created a character called Doc Savage. And in college, I became obsessed with that, with that character. I just thought he was the greatest character in American fiction. He kind of predated Superman. He was kind of like Superman before Superman. And um, that's how Son of Ravage came about, actually, was that um, it was, uh, I, I really wanted to do a Doc Savage novel in that type of style. And, uh, and I, but I wanted to put it in a modern setting. So I made it his uh, illegitimate son. And uh, that hence... That's how that novel came to be. And, and that's, a, that's a fun novel. I recommend you know, anybody out there to go on Amazon and, and uh, check that out if they, if they want an adventure novel that is, that is very, very fun. But so I love pulp writing. And uh, that's, that's one of my influences as well. Interesting, Mr. JP. So what are your short-term and long-term goals in writing? Oh, wow. Great question. Um, you know, uh, I think it's really, really important for um, all storytellers to uh, um, to concentrate on telling stories. And when I say that, I mean is that you know that's that's my only goal is to tell stories and to have that and have an audience respond to them. Um, that's all I want. I don't, I'm not really in it for you know make millions of dollars. I'm not really in it to you know to be famous per se but I am in it to tell stories and the best kind of stories that I can tell um, and uh, um, get those stories out to an audience and, and hopefully entertain them, maybe inform them just a little bit, um, hopefully make them laugh. Uh, but, but mostly, you know, uh, I think writing is kind of a sacred profession and to do it, um, the, the writer needs to write every day they need to kind of make a deal with themselves to get better and better. And they need to tell stories that, you know, that are going to move people and, and they're going to make people respond to them. So that's kind of my main kind of goal. Those are my long-term goals. And uh, that's, that's what I'll continue to, to do. Very well said, Mr. JP. But before we go on, we, I want to shout out to the people listening to my ranking tops in the last 30 days according to my Apple chart because in Zambia, I got number 8 on the Apple chart. That's Uganda, it. number 13. Pakistan, at number 20. Spain, at 21. Slovenia, at 42. 
Norway at number 12, United Arab Emirates at number 32, Qatar at number 49, Nigeria at 54, Chile at 68, Zimbabwe at 154, Singapore at 144, Belgium at 194, Cambodia at 228, and a lot more. Thank you so much for supporting this. Let's bring that up. And, and I, Daniel, if I can, really, I just want to remind everybody that my newest novel, Fool's Gold, um, comes out on Amazon for Kindle on Black Friday, uh, which is a week from today. And then the paperback sales start uh, December 7th. So make sure that everybody knows about that and gets out there and buys a copy of that book. I think they'll really enjoy it. Yes, people, let's support Mr. JP, because if you support him, more and more books to come. Thank you so much for supporting this podcast, because this podcast is created in power writers all over the world, like Mr. JP Lindell. That's Daniel, you did great, man. I, I, I really support what you're doing, and um, much success to you. I really thank, mean it. Thank you so much. And I think you're doing a great job, Daniel. I really, really do. I support you 100%. People keep listening to Daniel Lucas and the fine work he's doing. Go out there and buy a copy of Fool's Gold coming out very, very soon. Um, and uh, I just thank you for letting me be a part of your podcast. So, Mr. JB, Fool's Gold, how did you craft it? Ed? How did I craft Fool's Gold? Yes. Um, you know, I'm a very, I'm a very uh, uh, big fan of... Um, uh, Robert Louis Stevenson, specifically of Treasure Island, you know, the pirate story with Long John Silver and, and the boy Jim Hawkins and, and going after buried treasure. And I, I, I really responded to that kind of adventure story. I just read it recently and then watched the movie with Charlton Heston just a, a little while ago. And um, I really wanted to write a book that was, was like that, like the old school adventure stories of when I was a kid. And uh, Fool's Gold kind of came out of that. And, I, and uh, I wanted to set it in Alaska. I wanted to set it in the gold rush of the 1900s of the Yukon, and the, of the, um, which I've been to, by the way. I've been to the Canadian Yukon. It's a wonderful, strange, crazy country. Um, and I really wanted to tell a story that uh, would, would kind of bring that little era of life alive and, and to kind of share an adventure that was bigger than um, than life and that people could really kind of respond to. And that's how, that's how that story came to be. Yes. Inter JP. So what behind the title of your debut novel holds gold? Uh, you know, um, I, <laughs> I, I think there's a fever that everybody gets when they, when they, uh, 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 the, you know, gold fever that people get with, at the kind of idea of becoming rich very, very easily, and it makes them really crazy, and it kind of turns them into fools. And um, so that's one way of looking at the title. And the other way of looking at the title is that, you know, there's iron pyrite, which is kind of a fake gold, which is worth nothing. So there, it's kind of a double meaning to the title that, you know, the, the pursuit of gold and easy riches turns all men into fools. And also there's a risk of not really getting real gold, you know, just getting a, a cheap substitute. So that's kind of, the title has a, you know, a double meaning. Oh, people, let's support Mr. JP. So who inspired you to write this novel? Um, well, you know, Daniel, that's a great question. So 
I, you know, I have to say it was probably my manager. I'm, I'm represented by Blair Silver and company in, um, in California. And they, they manage both my screenwriting and my, um, well, all sorts of parts of my career. And Fool's Gold started out as a screenplay. And, and it, it was, you know, we're, we're attempting to try to sell it in, as a movie as well. But my manager said, you know, I, I, this, there's, a, there's a book here. And um, I really think you should kind of explore um, maybe turning it into a, into a novel. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I thought about it and I thought, you know what, I, I think it would be kind of fun. Um, so that's what kind of turned it, turned it from a screenplay into a novel. So uh, plus the fact that, I, that Hollywood is kind of changing now and it seems like they're buying more books then they're buying uh, original screenplays. So by turning it into a book, there's a lot more chance of, of uh, you know, producers being interested in it and saying, you know, um, hey, you know, this would make an interesting kind of a streaming series or a streaming movie. So uh, um, I guess that depends on the audience. We need to get people out there and buy that book. Certainly. So can you describe the research process behind the Fool's Gold? Um, boy, you, you Daniel, you're right. You, uh, you have great questions. I think number one is research. I think you have to know what you're kind of talking about. So to, to dig in now, I don't dig in like, like some writers and meticulously researching every little bit of, of, uh, uh, part about the uh, Yukon gold rush of the 1900s. What I do is I tell a story and then, um, I go back and kind of make sure that I have all my facts straight. And, and in this case, not all of them are, are completely true. You know, I've, I've kind of changed a couple of things historically and, and um, uh, uh, added things so that would fit the novel, but that's the way I do. And then I write every day. I'm, um, every single day I write for about five or six hours. And I think, uh, I think writing is kind of a sacred calling. And I think all writers should be write, spending most of their time writing. You get better as you do it. Um, you get more accessible. I think you improve on your voice when you're when you're writing every day. So those are the main things that kind of help me when I'm when I'm writing a novel or a screenplay. What challenges did you face while writing Post Gold? <sighs> Boy, uh, um, mostly um, I, I don't know if you're familiar with the writer strike that was down here in um, uh, America, in the United yes. States. Yes. Yeah. We had, we had a writer's strike, but so there was no screenwriting, nothing going on and everything. And that's one of the reasons that my manager said, well, you know, you're, you're, you know, you can work on screenplays, but you can also, you know, maybe work on a book and we can, you know, so um, generally the book was put together rather quickly and it was put together during the writer's strike. So, and, and we wanted it, we thought, well, if this writer strike drags on for six months or something like that, there's going to be no work. So let's let's you know get something out there that we can you know get people interested in, and 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 so we or I set about you know getting this thing done in record time. Now to give it some perspective, Son of Ravage, which was my last book before Fool's Gold, took probably about three years to write. Now it's a little longer; it's over 300 pages, but it took a long time. Um, Fool's Gold didn't have that much time. It had a it had a uh, a background a screenplay to, so that I could kind of use an outline from that. 
but it wasn't enough for a full book. But the, um, I think from three years for Son of Ravage to three months, basically with, with uh, Fool's Gold, is quite kind of a different timetable. So I think that was kind of a big thing too, was the crunch and getting it out there and getting it ready and, you know, um, polishing it up. So everything was very, very quickly. And I kind of had to double my, you know, the time that I invested in it. So I was working quite a bit. So Mr. JP, let's talk about the strike in America, writer's strike. What is your piece about it? Well, um, uh, wow. I, I, well, I think it was necessary. I mean, it was very, very necessary for the writers to say this is enough. Um, a lot of, it, it's harder and harder for a writer to make a living right now, uh, uh, especially a screenwriter. It's just, it's really, really tough because of um, uh, what has happened to the market. Basically, uh, um, cinema has kind of changed and it's now like the music market where everything is online and everything is, you know, and we kind of um, killed the albums we're now killing the CDs. Everything's, you know, everything's digital. And um, so a lot of musicians were kind of squeezed out, you know, back in the day. And I think the same thing is happening with movies. It's that the people in charge of movies right now, and I mean the people at top, are not really interested in making movies. They're interested or telling stories. They're interested in making money. And when you, and so they're answering only to stockholders. And when they do that, well, They've got to save money wherever they can. And one of the ways that they were trying to save money on was on the actual writing and, and uh, AI. So they were hoping that, you know, AI would be able to, to, be, to be able to write stories that people would engage with. And, and um, so it, it was a really important kind of strike to have. Uh, I think it's, it's great that it's over now and that everybody's going back to work. But I, but I really do think Daniel, that the, the whole, a landscape of of uh, film writing has changed, and that it, it's just going to be different. It's going to be harder for people. Um, I think it's going to get a little more constricted, and there uh, fewer people are going to be able to get work. And uh, um, so, I think it's important for all those writers out there uh, to keep working on your craft and get really, really good because you, you're going to need it. Um, uh, going forward, it's going to be really, really, you know, important to uh, to have that talent and that and that education behind what you do. So it was necessary. Um, I'm glad it's over. I'm glad the actors have finally, because the, the writers came back to the table um, uh, before the before the actors did. We settled, and then the actors went on an additional like almost another month. It seems like until they finally settled. So thank goodness it's over. Thank goodness we can go back to making movies. Um, I'm hoping that I'm wrong about the landscape. I hope it doesn't change, but I have a feeling it's going to, it's going to be just a little different out there. You know, that there's going to be some people that, you know, are, are, are not going to be able to um, make a living anymore in writing. I, that's my fear. Wow. So what will be the big solution for this uh, problem, Mr. JP? Well, um, to the public, I think we need to take a more interest in um, stories and not necessarily comic books. Um, comic book movies are great. I love them. I'm a big Avengers fan. I'm a big Marvels fan. But we're making two big movies 
that and people are losing interest and we're forgetting about the smaller stories that are out there. We're forgetting about the 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 movies that are on a on a much smaller budget, but engage people in stories and emotional content. And we need to um Hollywood needs to start thinking about that. There's a there's an age, uh uh there's all there's a, well, the ages are open, you know, I and we gotta stop pandering to people that you know are 15 to 25 and open movies up to everybody and and uh make sure that uh we have stories for everyone. I think as a public, what we need to do is read more um and educate ourselves more. I think you know, for a while there was a there was a trend where people weren't reading as much. And um, and I, I'm hoping that, you know, that trend turns around. And I certainly try to do it on my end, where I try to write stories that engage people, stories that are fun, stories that show kind of a little bit of my history as a, as a stand-up comic that have humor in them, but also adventure, grand adventure. And, and I think, you know, when we do that, I think we'll get more people reading and, and have more fun doing it. But I, but I think it's two pronged. I mean, I think it's the people that are responsible for get, getting stories out there. And I also think the public has a responsibility too, and that they need to kind of um, read more uh, and, and uh, um, kind of see what's out there. Very well said, Mr. JB. But before we go, and I'm inviting you to listen to my other podcast, Love Letters, people collection of love stories of people get lost get crazy and disoriented in the name of love we will learn from the story and let in their shoes to feel what it's like to be in love and please do listen love letters plus my books is out or are out they are volume one and volume two love letters volume one history and love letters volume two stories so please do grab a copy available on amazon and leading online bookstores worldwide. Mr. JP, what is the best highlight yeah. of Fool's Gold? I, You know, um, I think that people are really going to enjoy the Fool's Gold because the main characters are Wyatt Earp, the notorious lawman from Tombstone, Arizona. Um, he's kind of the uh, a- antagonist, kind of one of the, one of the bad guys, at least at, at the beginning. And our protagonist, our hero of the story, is um, a little African-American uh, boy named Thomas. But his uh, pal is the, the writer Jack London. So if you're fans of Jack London, if you're fans of Wyatt Earp, if you're fans of good storytelling and, and uh, grand adventure in the Yukon gold rush of the 1900s, um, please check out Fool's Gold. I think you're going to love it. Yes, people. So, Mr. JP, what's the most rewarding aspect of being an author? Um, you know, I, I, I just, I'm a storyteller and, and, um, you know, I'm going to write stories no matter what. And it, if, if, even if they're, uh, even if I didn't have a, a computer and I didn't have pencil and paper and everything, I'd probably be a cave painter, <laughs> like if the caveman did and paint, you know, paint stories on caves because I'm, I'm just really in love with the storytelling process. Um, I'm, I'm one of those people who believes that it all boils down to, you know, good stories. I think there's room for every kind of story out there, just like there's room for every kind of podcast. And um, I think, you know, that's what's going to keep me going. Okay. So, Mr. J, go back and give advice to yourself. When you were first starting out as a writer, what would it be? 
Um, you know what, <laughs> and Daniel, I love these questions. Um, I would, if if I had a lesson that I could teach on it, it's that you you have to devote yourself to the craft. When I started, I was also a stand-up comic. Um, I I was you know I was doing too many things, and sometimes one or the other would would suffer in in that. And I think that um, people who want to be a writer should concentrate on on writing, and people that want to be stand-up comics should be you know, concentrate on, on, uh, on comedy, um, uh, and, and, and just kind of, you know, specialize. I think sometimes I think one of my strengths is that I can write anything from a, a romantic comedy to a, um, a grand adventure, but I wish that I would have spent back, back in the day, spent a little more time studying, you know, one particular genre and getting the hang of that instead of tackling every genre that kind of came at me, you know, like playwriting and, you know, comedy and screenwriting and, and novel writing. I, I think you've just got to kind of pick a lane and kind of stay in it for a while until you're good enough where you can branch out. Definitely. So what inspired you to become an author? Oh, man. Uh, I, um, I, I think... You know, when you read a good book, a really, really, really good book, it kind of inspires you to think. Um, and there've been so many books that have really, really uh, uh, taken me kind of, and, and kind of given me a good shake. I mentioned Steinbeck um, is, is one of those authors. Um, Mark Twain is another one of those authors. I think Charles Dickens, uh, Robert Louis Stevenson, um, these authors kind of like show you the power of the word. And, and I think that inspired me to, um, to want to try it. Uh, and like I said, when we were talking earlier in the podcast, you know, my first, my first attempts were not any good. They, you know, I would read, I, they were, they were just not good. I could tell they were not good and, and they were never, they will never be published. But, you know, I tried it. And, you know, the next time I tried it, I got a little better. And the next time I tried it, I got a little better. So um, I think it's, you know, the written word has always kind of inspired me. It's always, it's always been very, very important in my life. And th there's one other thing, too, that I think is kind of important. And that is that, um, uh, that you need to, um, that storytellers are, uh, uh, I think chosen. I think it's a kind of a sacred profession. I think that that anybody who writes um, uh, has been kind of blessed with a talent, and I think it's really, really important that they not take that talent for granted, and that they 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 try to get better at it and try to tell stories that move people. So I think that you know it's um, uh, it's kind of a blessing, and uh, I think you need to um, kind of cherish it and nurture it. Certainly, Mr. JP. So what is your uh, inspiring message for those aspiring writers out there? Don't give up. And don't let anybody tell you to give up. Um, there's going to be a lot of people in your career who are going to say, uh, this is no good. You're no, you're no good. Um, you should really give it up. You should fall back and do something else. Um, uh, you know, you're not really cut out for this. You're not, you know, emotionally strong enough to do this. And all that is um, crap. 
I, I, I really think if you're chosen to write, you will know it because you won't give up. No matter what people tell you, you'll just keep, you know, you'll keep, you're like a boxer who's been, you know, knocked down so many times, but you continue to get up and uh, over and over and over again. And you continue to try, even though if you, you fail, you'll get up and do it. There's a wonderful um, uh, video on YouTube with Anthony Hopkins um, where he's telling people, you know, uh, not to give up, to keep going, um, believe in yourself, keep doing it. And, and eventually that, kind of mindset will set in and it will kind of take over and you'll find that um, it doesn't matter what people think anymore, that you, you'll have the belief in yourself in order to get better and to write. And secondly, I know this sounds really kind of trite, but remember it's the, it's the journey and not the destination. So if you're in it to get rich, if you're in it to be famous, if you're in it for any of those particular reasons, it's probably, you probably need to reevaluate what, um uh what uh uh is is making you do it and um and uh, kind of come to some conclusions because it's really about your journey as as a writer and trying to get better and trying to move people with your stories those are the important things certainly and very well said mr jp so what books or authors are you currently reading or recommend Oh, well, right now I'm currently reading the autobiography of uh, Mark Twain, volume two. Um, uh, uh, it's it's uh, Twain wrote it himself and it wasn't, I think they finally published it a few years ago. Um, it's a brilliant book, kind of getting the insight of one of my favorite authors. Um, I'm also reading Shelby Foote's volume two of the Civil War, which is also um, uh, incredible. I'm reading... Uh, uh, a book from a colleague of mine, a stand-up comedian who lives in London, um, which I think is going to be published soon, called The Purple Dress, I believe, and I hope I'm getting that right for him. So I'm reading that. I'm, I'm reading a lot. I, I tend to have a lot of open books on my on my bedstand, but those are those are some of the main things I'm reading right now. Great area books, uh, Mr. JP. So lastly, where can I where can our listeners find more about you and your work? Well, you know what? Uh, they can go to jplindy.com. And, and I recommend everybody to go to it. It's jplindy, J-P-L-I-N-D-E.com. Um, and there's a website. There's a blog. There's a link to all my um, books so that they, if they want to order a book, um, you can read what I have to say every week in the weekly blog. Um, but it will always tell you what's going on there. And I would always go to jplindy.com if you're interested in me at all and what's going on in my uh, little mind. Yes, people, let's support Mr. J.P. Linda because if you support him, more and more books to come. And please invite our listeners to buy your, up, your upcoming debut novel, Fool's Gold. That's right. Thank you, Daniel. <laughs> available soon to, is it available to pre-order it's available to pre-order right now on amazon uh fool's gold by jp lindy uh it will take you right there and you can order it that's for kindle that will be out on friday good friday i don't know in canada if you have good friday the day after american thanksgiving you probably don't so it's i think it's november 25th and then um the paperback novel uh if you like the hard copy kind of books like I do, um, that's December 7th. 
And, um, you know, so you can also do that uh, um, December 7th and get the, and get the book there too. And then, and then like your books, they'll start showing up in independent bookstores and, and uh, look on jplindy.com to see if I'm going to be making any appearances anywhere and, and uh, reading from the book that uh, you'll be able to see there. Uh, be lo- be lovely to get up in Canada and do it. Um, but uh, yeah. Yes, people, again, let's support Mr. J.P. Linde, because if you support him, more and more books to come. Mr. J.P., thank you for your time. You know what, I Daniel, I had a great time. Thank you very much. I, um, I look forward to chatting with you again and to building kind of a relationship where we can talk about upcoming books and whatever's going on in my career. But listen, best of luck to you. Uh, much success, and I look forward to talking to you soon again. Yes. Mighty people, see you soon.